Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Weekly Pop. I'm Kevin Schwaller. And I'm Emma Sasek. And it's our final episode of the year. Thank God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I couldn't be happier. We, we just can't pretend to care in 2024. <laughs> no. I'm already losing my brain cells mid-conversation currently, and it's been less than 60 seconds. I know. We should just end the podcast at this point. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Um, no, JK, this is this has been very fun. I'm so glad that we've been able to do this this year. I know. It's been enjoyable. I, mm-hmm. it's, one, of, one of few enjoyable experiences of I, the year. I, I was say. about to say, I was like, I was like, there's not too much else going on. So no, mm. no. We gotta no. we gotta do what we can do. Um, but since we are wrapping up the year, I think we kind of teased it in the last episode, but we are going to do our top 10 movies of the year and i'm pretty sure this is the equivalent of afi's top 10 (laughs) i would say so yeah i would say this is like yeah afi national board of review Mm. time um hollywood reporter literally all of them in one podcast yeah (laughs) yeah so just make sure to include us in your consideration for award season and whoever you end up voting for (laughs) Mm mm-hmm but yeah, no, we are just going to kind of reflect on our top 10 movies of the year and have some fun with it. <laughs> um, do you want to do you want to start with your do you just want to go back and forth? How do you want to do it? Yeah, let's do that. That sounds fun. OK, well, ladies first. <laughs> um, OK, so my number 10 pick is a French film. And it's all about food, which, of Mm. course, it's going to be in the top 10. Mm -hmm. This one is The Taste of Things by An Hong Tran. Um, When did I see this movie? I don't know. All (laughs) I know is I was really hungry when I watched it. And everything looked really, really good. And I felt like it was the perfect way to describe how I feel about cooking and food in movie form. And it stars Juliette Binoche, who... Feed me, mom. <laughs> feed me, mother. <laughs> feed, feed me, mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just, it's a very sweet movie. It's about these two people who are in love and, you know, making food for each other and showing how much they care for one another through their food. And it's French and it's sexy, too. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's really all I can ask for. Food, <laughs> French, and sexy. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> it should be number one at this point. It should be, yes. Um, but allegedly there are nine other films that I liked even more than this one. And how about yours? What's number 10 for you? I don't know if this is in your number 10, but I'm assuming we're going to have some um, crossovers. Actually, most, most mm-hmm. of these will probably be crossovers at some point. Um, but number 10 is Theater Camp. Oh, yes. Um, directed by Molly Gordon and Nick Lieberman. Honestly, there is this like very intense part of me that's devastated that camp isn't home isn't on the short list for best original song at the oscars i actually yes. am also surprised it's not because i feel like everybody that's seen this movie is obsessed with it yes they've been pushing for it and like of course it doesn't mean it would win or anything but i don't know in my mind like, it was just gonna always kind of be floating around there and when i saw the short list it mm-hmm. just was not present and now i'm just depressed but um <laughs> this i knew i would love this movie when i first saw the trailer i mean Ben Platt, Molly Gordon, Noah Galvin. Speaking of my continuous, like, ongoing love for supporting actors this year, Noah Galvin should absolutely be there. Didn't he get, like, an Independent Spirit Award nomination? I don't remember, but he should. 
regardless because he stole the show. Also, this movie was part of Ayo Edabiri's like triumphant 2023. And then what is your number nine? Number nine is All of Us Strangers by Andrew Haig. Ooh. Yes. I can't find that movie anywhere online and I've been checking. Yes, you have. I think it's in theaters now. I think it's in theaters in like six cities across the country so (laughs) possibly very much possibly um well all I will say about this because I don't want to spoil it for you is I absolutely cried like a baby multiple times watching this film um it stars Andrew Scott Paul Meskel Jamie Bell and Claire Foy and that's family right there that's Mm -hmm. fam (laughs) we're keeping it strong fam (laughs) uh but yeah it's beautiful it's devastating it's iconic and I can't wait for you to see it I want you to cry too I can't wait for Paul Mescal to run away from me in a park. Listen, <laughs> I've been loving the I've been loving these revelations and I've been loving everybody's like training videos, like me training the team, and it's like 500 pounds on somebody as they're doing squats <laughs> and sit-ups. <laughs> uh if you know, you know. <laughs> and your number nine? This one's a little out there, but my number nine actually is Infinity Pool. Oh, that is a little different. Um, directed by Brandon Cronenberg and led by Alexander Skarsgård in a very, very, very iconic Mia Goth. <laughs> this movie came out in like January and I went to go see it with my friend and I, I know I told the story before, but um, the Bill Nye movie that was, he was, I think he was nominated for earlier in this past Oscars year, mm-hmm. it started playing instead of Infinity Pool. <laughs> and of course, Infinity Pool is attracting like, you know, goth-looking people, and so we're all sitting there watching this, like, British old man movie, and then finally someone got up and, like, asked, and they switched it over, and I just was not expecting it to be as weird, as perverted, as dark, as, like, scary, as horny as it is, and I think, like, honestly, Mia Goth just really sold it for me, and her just yelling, like, Jamesy, and, like, holding her gun while eating, like, chicken wings and like, drinking wine on the hood of a car. It's just such a crazy original movie, and, like, it has, like, genuinely stuck with me throughout the year and ended up being, I guess, technically is my favorite horror movie of the year. Um, I just had a... It ended up in the top, and I'm very happy for her. (laughs) And I think we should all say thank you, Mia Goth. I don't know a better woman. No. I don't know a better woman than Mia Goth in this movie. No. No no one does. (laughs) And what is your number eight? Number eight is a movie that I saw in con that I genuinely don't know if this movie has ever been released, but we're going with it. It's How to Have Sex, which I remember I talked about on the show. It um, is coming to theaters neither next month or the month after. I saw a trailer for oh. it during Poor Things or before Poor Things. Oh, I love that. Um, good. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's good enough to be in my top 10. So that tells you that much. <laughs> well, I was watching the the trailer and I was like, oh, this looks good. And then the title came with that. And I was like, oh, yeah, OK, I've heard about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We know this because of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but I guess this will just be another movie where I won't say too much except watch it or else. <laughs> I'm, I'm being held at gunpoint right now, like Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> Jamesy! <laughs> And what is your number eight? My number eight is a little movie called May December. Oh, I haven't heard of this little movie. Yeah, well, I'll just tell you about it then. It's directed <laughs> by Todd Haynes and starring 
up-and-coming actresses Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore, and um, then a 10-year veteran, <laughs> Charles Melton. <laughs> I think if it wasn't just so, like, dry, campy, and, like, kind of weird, then it might not be up there for me, but those comedic moments, and I love that, I, th- I think we talked about this too, but I love that it was not for a comedy at the Golden Globes and everyone's so, like, confused about it, but I'm like, I laughed so many times during this movie, <laughs> And I think, like, just the script itself is just so sharp for that. And I love seeing, I always love seeing, like, a little, like, twisted Natalie Portman role. And that's what she was giving us entirely. And Julianne Moore's, like, random lisp for no reason. (laughs) Like, everything about this movie is just so weird. And, like, I don't know how to describe it. It's just so odd to me. And I loved everything about it. It's such a, it's a movie that will make you feel so uncomfortable because it is uncomfortable. It's a very fucked up situation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's based off of Mary Lou, I forget what her last Mm -hmm. name is, but like she dated her student. She went to jail. She had kids in jail. (laughs) What is your number seven? Um, Number seven is Theater Camp, which we already did talk about. Yes. Um, I had it a little bit higher than you. I just... Like, this movie is just so stupid and so silly, and it knows that it's so stupid and it's so silly, and that's what makes it even better. And literally the best cast that you could possibly have. Um, I'm still obsessed with the guy who took takes over the camp for his mom <laughs> and how much of a bro he is. I, just, <laughs> I adore that man. Um, so I, I'm i very sad that it didn't make the shortlist. Um, no taste I see in the original song branch category, but... Um, hmm. <laughs> this wouldn't happen if we ran the academy it would not <laughs> and you um that's funny because my number seven is another ao at it's bottoms oh yes i <laughs> am so this movie is so fucking unhinged <laughs> <laughs> like nothing about it is like it just batshit from 0.0001 seconds into the literal last frame of the movie and once you kind of realize that this isn't set in like a normal reality, you can just have like the most fun with it ever. And just like quite literally, I was like crying, laughing at least like nine times during this, which is impossible because I never laugh that much. Um, but I love Rachel Sennett. We love Aota Beery. I mean, this movie has just a great cast. I believe Rachel Sennett co-wrote it with Emma Seligman. Yes, and they did bottom or Shiva Baby together too. And it, honestly, perfect duo, no notes. Just keep keep cranking the movie out together every couple of years, and I'll be the happiest little boy alive. <laughs> I just think back to the literal massacre that happens mm-hmm. in the last five minutes. Like that's how you end the movie with just this entire bloodbath happening. And they're like, "Yep, time to wrap it up. Bye." I just <laughs> love these people not being charged with first degree murder. For like 38 I... charges of first degree murder. <laughs> Women's stories matter. They just matter. They just matter. <laughs> they just matter. <laughs> and what is your number six? All right. This one's going to be a crazy one. Um, as you recall, I famously gave Oppenheimer three and a half stars when I first watched it because I was just not really that into it. I have since rewatched it. And I've since been shook by Christopher Nolan (laughs) so much so that I moved it up to four and a half stars and it is currently at number six in my top 10. I know. Would you just enjoy going deaf? So you just wanted to watch it again? (laughs) 
Well, the thing is, I got to watch it in the comfort of my own home, and I got to like lower the volume in anticipation mm. of people screaming or, you know, an atomic bomb going off. And then I was like, ah, peace and quiet. <laughs> Much better. Um, but actually, since I actually knew what to expect with this movie, like I did not know that it was going to be in so many meetings and like Senate confirmation hearings, blah, blah, blah. That made me not really enjoy it the first time. And so now I was like, okay, I can get into the script. And honestly, he was showing off a little bit with his little <laughs> script at times. So I'll give it to him. <laughs> with a silly little script, he was showing off. <laughs> oh, my God. Good for you, Nolan. Eat. He ate. <laughs> he, he ate that. <laughs> and your number six? Um, My number six, I famously didn't want to see. <laughs> Um, we have Killers of the Flower Moon by Martin Scorsese. I, this would, let me just say this very, right now, that this is only even in my top 10 because of Lily Gladstone. Mm -hmm. It might be number 10, possibly, maybe, maybe nine, but mm -hmm. she bumps it up a lot for me, and I'm still riding the train for her to win. Again, if it's Emma Stone, that's not the worst thing to happen either, but um, I think the cast is just very amazing. I think everyone is at their best here. And mm -hmm. yes, the runtime is ridiculous. And will I ever watch again? Probably not. Well, that's why I can skip through it. Oh, if I skip through it, then yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I do enjoy the ending, the weird kind of controversial ending. I, I thought it really hit home. I, like I said, I've never been happier to see Jesse Plemons show up in a movie in my life. And yeah, I, I genuinely think everyone is like at their like ultimate prime here. And Lily Gladstone, for the 19th time that I'll say it in on this podcast, that she just drives it home for me. I love all those memes where it's Jesse Plemons and he was like, I've come to see about, you know, he says uh -huh. about these murders and Leo's like, see about what? And he's like, <laughs> who's been doing them? Like what? <laughs> and then people have just been like changing it. I think it one was for Santa. Like I've come to see about these presents and it's like, see about what? Who's been delivering them? <laughs> <laughs> oh my just God. So I know it's so stupid. <laughs> um that is so stupid <laughs> um what is your number five number five is priscilla by mr oh. coppola i know um i feel like i have not seen this movie in a lot of people's top tens because um they were bored by it which is fine um they're wrong but it's fine <laughs> they're wrong but it's fine <laughs> um no i just i loved um kaylee spaney we love Jacob Alordi on this podcast. Yes, um, we do. So <laughs> we will keep talking about him as much as possible. Um, and also all of the discourse online about Saltburn has been great because everybody's talking about how hot Jacob Alordi is in that movie. So I'm happy we can all agree on that point, at least. <laughs> I do really love their performances. I just love this very, um, I guess, like toned down, very introspective whole film that we get with Priscilla's mm -hmm. side of the story. And um it really is the performances that drive it home for me, but I just think it's beautiful to look at, as we discussed on our previous podcast, which everybody should listen to. Yeah, they should, because we love <laughs> Sofia Coppola in this pod in this podcast house. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and you? My number five is a movie that I originally did enjoy just as much as I still do, which is Oppenheimer. There you go. <laughs> I loved my favorite. Ugh. It has to be like my top, like, three favorite scenes of the year is when it's Emily Blunt's turn in the interrogation and she's just famously an alcoholic the entire movie and then it looks like she's about to like fumble this entire thing and then she just gags them left and right like 
calling them out like double standards like all this stuff like that scene is so good and yes it will be her oscar clip when they play it like i that i was sitting there like mouth open like oh my god (laughs) um she she left them with no crumbs in that scene and killian murphy i'm riding the train for him to win too i mean Mm -hmm. there's like bradley cooper there's leo even there's paul giamatti but i'm very team (laughs) the man that created the uh, the atomic bomb you're very team time person of the year in 1942, 43, whatever that was. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> and yeah, when I, is, is it on streaming now? I think so. I think you can at least rent it. Oh, rent it. Okay. I'll mm-hmm. definitely, I'll definitely revisit this one for sure. And yeah, skip, skip through a couple of things, but yeah, yes. no, it's, and also Robert Downey Jr. is amazing in this. I, like I said, I think mm-hmm. I said before, I didn't realize it was him until after the movie ended. <laughs> it's also like when martin scorsese comes out and you're like why is robert de niro speaking and then you're like yeah yeah (laughs) um what is your number four number four we just talked about her last week four things with little miss queen emma stone i literally looked up i was like what did we talk about last week (laughs) (laughs) um i guess i won't say too much since we've already said enough but um that's mother that's mother (laughs) (laughs) what's your number four well i can say that's mother about roseman pike because it's saltburn i love the saltburn discourse on the internet now that's on prime and like quite literally everything that i've seen is so funny and i'm in like different group chats people that have just watched it and they're like oh my god like this one scene and like oh this one character like all this stuff and i'm like "Mm -hmm." any discourse Mm -hmm. is fun discourse when it comes to saltburn so i'm fully on board and yeah, Rosamund Pike is mother. Barry Hogan is psycho father. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm actually excited to rewatch this one in the near future because I, I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people that I know are currently obsessed with it, and I'm like, if anyone wants to watch it again, I'm I'm very much open for a movie night. I love how much people hate this movie. Mm-hmm. I love it. I know. Well, because you're either like standing or it's like people are like outside of the, the studios, like boycotting. <laughs> like there's mm-hmm. no in between. You either get it or you don't. And the girls who get it, get it. Um, What is your number three? Number three is Elemental from earlier oh. this year. I know. That's kind of my wild card pick, I think, Ooh. also on this list. Um, I know a lot of people were like, meh, on it. I was just like crying. Like, my little immigrant heart was crying throughout this film. So what can I do? <laughs> and it ended up not flopping in the box office. So everyone can suck it. Uh, this is very true. I know that they weren't sure about that in the beginning, but we we succeeded as all my girls from Fire Island do. As we <laughs> jumped about this movie. <laughs> I am hoping that it um, ends up getting into the score category because I remember loving the score. Um mm-hmm. But I think it, I believe, did that shortlist come out? I think it did. Yeah. It's in there. Yeah, it's in there. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. My, 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 me never saying that once out loud. My, like the last however many months. Me, my impact. <laughs> 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 what is your number three? My number three is Past Lives. Ooh. I like want to watch this movie again but at the same time I never want to be near it with like 
even like a 50 foot pole i want i i I have such like mixed feelings that I don't want to ever watch it again, but also I would watch it like every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just rewatched it recently. So yeah, I decided to put myself through pain and trauma yet again. Mm, that, mm. I, I'm just I'm just not in, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved its overperformance at the Golden Globes, and I'm all in in every category it can get when it comes to the Oscars. And then what is your number two? Number two is this little small indie film you may or may not have heard of called Barbie, starring um, not known director Greta Gerwig. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? I don't think I've seen that movie. You know what? Very similar to small indie film Oppenheimer. They somehow ended Mm. up releasing on the same weekend. And some people coined it Barbenheimer, but, you know, it wasn't really like a thing. It didn't take off. No, it didn't. I must have missed that one. Um, I don't think it comes to us as a shock since we literally talk about this movie every podcast before Barbenheimer and every podcast since Barbenheimer. Um, but it's fantastic. Um, my mom did watch it the other day and um, she wasn't that into it. She did like, like Weird Barbie. Mm. <laughs> so there's that. And I'm like, you tell me, you're telling mm. me your whole world and your whole ground did not shake when Ryan Gosling uttered, I'm just Ken, anywhere else I'd be a 10. That is utter nonsense. <laughs> I, utter am ver- nonsense. Cle- I am verklempt. I am appalled. I am in complete denial about what you just said to me. <laughs> Um, I am seeking that thing where children can, like, leave custody of their parents. I understand that I am 28 years old and Mm. no longer need that, but I think it might be necessary at this point. And for you, what is number two? My number two is Poor Things. It ended up up going up, actually, mainly because I actually talked about it with my parents and they both really liked it, which I was surprised by. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, I don't know, just discussing the movie and... Like I said in last week's episode, like, the more I thought about it after the fact, I was like, oh, wait, I didn't, there's not, like, one part of this I even remotely disliked. Why not bump it up? So I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, yeah, now that more people have seen it and just, like, seeing people's commentary, whether it's good or bad, like, it's just, you know, I appreciate it. Well, I was going to say I appreciate it nonetheless, but it's interesting to read nonetheless. And, yeah, people's takes, especially, like, the more positive ones, I just enjoy. And the ones that I think are dramatic and unnecessary i it makes me like the movie more so it's a win-win for me i love that for you <laughs> well before we do our number ones do you have an honorable mention you want to throw in there that just barely didn't make it or whatever it is you're just like ah love this movie i suppose i do i would say if we're picking one i really really did enjoy it are you there god it's me margaret mm. um i love Miss Rachel McAdams in this movie. She mm-hmm. should be in the supporting actress race if I have anything to do with it. Um, Abby Ryder Forston was also very, very good as Margaret, and she was a really good lead. I love how shook we were that Benny Safdie, psycho, psycho uh-huh. director of Uncut Gems, played the dad. Um, and yeah, Kelly Freeman Craig, please make more movies. I adore you. Her, <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> you just for that? I'm done making movies. <laughs> mm, her, fuck this. You, oh wow. <laughs> oh wow. Um, And then my official topic is Past Lives, which was Ooh. also on your list. Yes. As I mentioned, I rewatched it a few days ago. 
cried again and reminded myself why I love this movie so much. And um, yeah, I'm really hoping that it continues with good Oscar noms and numbers from that because it is uh, the best movie of the year. And I said what I said. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great number one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then what is your honorable mention and your number one? My honorable mention is actually When Evil Lurks. Um, it came out in theaters, oh god, I don't even know when, in August maybe, September, and mm -hmm. I just remember reading the reviews of people being like, this movie is just, like, disgusting and brutal and, like, unforgiving, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> and I went to go see it, and I was, like, just deeply shook by it, and I thought it was genuinely scary, I loved it being in Spanish, and just how they deal with like demons and things like that and honestly i was just i love the movie i think it's on shutter now and honestly i would get i don't want to pay for shutter but i'll do like free trial so we can watch it again i was gonna say free trial babe <laughs> mm -hmm. um it's just so many of like the deaths and like all like the the scares and it really have stuck with me this year and i just love this movie so much um but my number one is the total opposite. And it is Barbie. Yay! <laughs> I was wondering if she would make it onto your list because as you kept going, I'm like, is there no Barbie on this list? What is happening? I didn't Bar realize you were a misogynist. <laughs> Barbie is number one. She was just waiting for the very last, <laughs> very last call. Um, no, I I knew the movie would be great. And I think it was just I think we talked about this actually. I think we were like kind of finding it funny that people were surprised that there was like heart to the movie and we're like it's a Greta Gerwig movie are you joking <laughs> mm -hmm. you know what I mean so I wasn't you know surprised when there was actually heart but just Ryan Gosling I cannot trust enough give him give this man an Oscar um if Margot's in I'd be happy for her I I mean the production on this movie is insane the costumes of this movie are insane and yeah I mean and also on top of the fact that I like really enjoy the movie i the how it overperformed on top of already us knowing it was going to do really really well i think it i think it's at like 1.5 billion dollars in the box office like across the world which is insane and we i like again we knew it was going to do really well but i think maybe not that much so having this like really again well done movie in every department whether it is the writing or like i said the production design or the acting do this well and with its messaging and with the themes in the movie and with it being literally about Barbie. Um, I think that in its own kind of bumped it up for me even more. Cause like, you know, during post COVID at the movies, it's impossible to get basically make over a billion dollars the movie theater. Unless you're, well, actually I was gonna say unless you're Marvel or Disney, but they haven't been able to do it this year or, and I don't think they did last year either. Um, Maybe they did, but I think Avatar made again mm, a billion mm, yes. dollars, but like, I don't know if that, is that through Disney? Technically? Yeah, technically. Yeah. But still, that's but that's not even like, you know, like a live action Disney mm -hmm. or like Spider-Man. So it's very yeah. hard for movies to do well in the box office anymore. And Barbie did exceptionally well and kind of blew everyone's expectations. And yeah, that's my number. That has to be number one. Taste. The taste that we showed on this list. Um, I, I did also really like your shout out for When Evil Lurks. That movie is so disgusting and good for, mm -hmm. good for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is so disgusting. Good for them. <laughs> but yeah this is our top 10 list that's exciting i know and we have quite a bit of overlap what four five 
Oh movies. God, and yeah, it's not six even. Like <laughs> that's why we do this show to each week, just to continue to reinforce our opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, we're validating ourselves. <laughs> Love. And when we come back, we'll get into our what's poppin' highlights of the week. Kevin, what's your what's poppin' for this week? My what's poppin' is about a movie that did not make my top 10, but I did genuinely enjoy it. The Color Purple came out on Christmas Day and made over $18 million in the box office, which tied with Les Mis from 2012 for the second highest opening day gross for a film that was released on Christmas. So, And also, I love Les Mis, so I'm like, that's fun. Um, I don't <laughs> know what number one is, but... Yeah, it, it. I think it was projected to make between nine million and twelve million. So everyone's like shook that eight, you know it made over eighteen. That's a very it overperformed by a lot. And like I said, it's not necessarily in in my top ten, but the performances, the, some of the cinematography, like there's so much great in that movie, and I want everyone to see it. And I'm hoping that it overperforming will help with like word of mouth. And also, like, in general, even if it didn't, the cast itself, are you kidding me? <laughs> mm -hmm. I know. We were gagging over Daniel Brooks and Taraji P. Henson mm -hmm. after we both saw it. And, I mean, Fantasia leaves the movie, like, it's nobody's business. It's crazy. It's her first movie ever. And I love, I, I love Halle Bailey. It was just, and Coleman mm -hmm. Domingo, oh my god. The cast is so good. <laughs> mm -hmm. They, like need to run away with the SAG ensemble mm -hmm. award I think I think they will actually <laughs> it's an amazing no it's insane like it's just uh it was a very well done movie there were some things that I didn't necessarily think flowed very well or cohesively I don't know if that's the fault of a musical or the story or maybe both but mm. it just kind of is a little over all over the place too many times right. but when you have Danielle Brooks and Taraji P. Henson popping up on screen every 20 minutes it's like really hard to not you know fall in love with these women and their stories it's yes so anyway yes my my um fine my what's popping is the color purple kind of smashing at the box office and at, at this rate it's probably because i think it costs 100 million to make which is pretty dicey yeah. so yeah i think they'll they won't have a problem with um succeeding that what about you what is your what's popping um, well, we already mentioned the Paul Mescal tweets and how mm. hilarious those are. We mentioned the Saltburn tweets. Um, mine is not related to either one. I just wanted to <laughs> shout those out as well. Um, I flew to Chicago and I watched the first episode of The Gilded Age on the plane. And then I continued watching the second episode when I was home. And I truly love how it doesn't seem like anybody really has anything substantial to do on the show, but they're so dramatic and so <laughs> bitchy and just so posh with each other. And it's all led by Christine Baranski because, of course, who else would be all of those three things? Because, of course, who else would be leading this? Yeah, I have not watched that show, but like, I have no reasons to not watch it. Literally everyone that I follow on the internet loves that show and they're super obsessed with it. And yeah, I really have no excuse. I don't know why I don't watch it. I think it's right up my alley. I yeah, I don't know either. I mean, like, I also think about that Aretha Franklin uh, interview and she was like, what do you think of Taylor Swift? And she's like, great gowns, beautiful gowns. <laughs> and that's really what the show is. It's just great, beautiful gowns <laughs> in every episode and people being like, oh, he doesn't like me because we're new money, not old money. And I'm like, is 
this what we were worried about in New York in 1870s? I love that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, it really just seems like nobody's got anything to do so far. And I mean, I want to live that life. Women's stories matter. (laughs) (laughs) They just matter. They just matter. Women sitting in parlor rooms and they're like drawing rooms and having big, massive mansions where nobody else wants to come over to their homes. Those stories matter. (laughs) Yes, they do. Now I do need to watch the show. (laughs) Yes, you do. Um, (laughs) Cynthia Nixon is also on the show and she Mm -hmm. plays Christine Baranski's sister and she's truly like, there she goes again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I know. I know you're missing out. I can't wait to keep watching this um, during my week home. Uh, well, I guess we should probably wrap up Weekly Pop for the year. I suppose so. <laughs> yes. Um, thank you to everybody who has listened to us this year, whether you've listened to every single episode or only listened to one in your life, never again. Mm-hmm. Um, we do appreciate that. <laughs> we do. Maybe not as much, but we still appreciate it. <laughs> we do. Um, but yeah, this has been really fun. And I'm so glad that we decided to revive it this year. And I'm very excited for more fun and shenanigans with you next year. Even more fun and even more shenanigans, baby. <laughs> oh, we are so back, babe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the final time this year, I'm Kevin Schwaller. And I'm Emma Sasek. And we will see you all next week in the new year. 